Hey, Cryptocurrent crew, are you a college student looking for more ways to actively learn about fintech? Well, look no further. We recently created Cryptocurrent Network, which is educating future leaders on new financial opportunities today. Cryptocurrent Network is a global blockchain and financial technology literacy platform serving to help college students find internships, make connections, and learn about the emerging financial technology industry. For more information, you can check out our show notes or go check out our website or go directly to crypto-current.network. And now for today's episode. Hello, everyone. Welcome to another episode of Cryptocurrent. Your host here, Richard Carthon. And today I have a special guest all the way out in Detroit working on some really cool games in the blockchain space. We have John Wolf with Electronic Games. How are you doing today? What's up, Richard? I'm doing pretty good. Thank you so much for having me on here. Very excited to talk. Well, very excited to learn more about Urban Electronic Games and the amazing things that you're also doing with Tanachi. But before we do that, first, I want to learn more about you. Can you give us some background on yourself? Yeah. So name is John Wolf, Detroit native, but I'm recently back in Detroit because I recently spent about four, four and a half years in Japan, which was quite an interesting, quite an interesting experience. I've always been a game developer since I was 16. I have this studio called Urban Electronic Games, which you mentioned, and video games have taken me throughout, throughout my life, throughout the world. And so I was making games in college and then I was working afterwards. And then I decided to move to Japan to actually learn Japanese and also work in the video game industry, which made me introduced to uh, blockchain and then blockchain games. So that's a huge, quick overview of who I am. But pretty much when it comes to me, just uh, video games and Japanese stuff. Which is pretty remarkable, man. The, the fact that you had an interest, one, to be able to travel, then two, to go learn a whole nother language but then to keep working on what you're passionate about, which is games, which then brought you into the crypto blockchain ecosystem. So like, was it working out in Japan where you first learned about blockchain and, and how it um, relates to the whole um, ecosystem? Yeah, yeah, it, it was. Again, I see the world through games. So I had heard of Bitcoin like maybe around 2013 or 14, but you know, wasn't really aware exactly of it. And then later on in about 2016, 17, uh, I found myself in Japan working at a video game startup and they actually created the first ever blockchain game in Japan. So I was working on that team, which is a really cool thing to kind of say. And, yeah. but you know, we weren't doing that initially. We were working, we were making games for like really cute games because Japan has this whole kawaii culture, which means cute. And they have games that are, you know, usually reflect that. So you might know Hello Kitty and mm-hmm. that, that, character uh, exists within a realm of characters under the brand of Sanrio. And so we had the IP rights to make other games under the Sanrio. So we were making these really cute games. And I was like, okay, this is interesting because I just wanted to kind of work in the Japanese video game industry. I'm not particularly interested in these really cute games, not me personally, but I'm here for, you know, I'm I'm just here for it. And then one day the CEO was like, hey, we're going to just switch gears and start making blockchain games. And I was like, what is blockchain? What is all this stuff? 
And uh, then I began to really learn about it, about, you know, wallets and then the various blockchains that are out there. And then how to, you know, exactly utilize blockchain within a game to make, you know, these things that are called NFTs, which back then we didn't even really call them NFTs. We just called them ERC-721 tokens. And right. that's how that's how it kind of all just came to be uh, really quick. And it's been a ride and it's still uh, very interesting now. And what's interesting about it, like you said, you, you you decided to continue to work kind of in that space. And now you're getting to within Urban Electronic Games. You know, tell us a little bit about that and, and the latest project that you're working on. Yeah, sure. So UE Games had always been making mobile games. I released uh, my first video game actually in Japan. So it was localized in both English and Japanese. That was really hard to do, but that's something that was a personal mission that I wanted to have. But then, uh, thank you. I, but then I was really kind of curious, you know, what should I be doing with my studio now? I'm simultaneously working for this Japanese company. And there's a lot of cultural differences when it comes to, you know, an American company, a Japanese company. I won't get too deep into it, but, you know, this is always interesting that I think cultural values are reflected actually in video games as well. So Americans tend to like games that are more simulators or war simulators. You know, some of the, well, I won't say we tend to, but some of the most popular titles tend to be, you know, like Call of Duty. And as, as opposed to over in Japan, it's Final Fantasy. So Right. There's there's a lot of there's and there and there's cultural values because of that, but I can break that down later. So I, I digress. But I was really interested in seeing how my video game career would go from here. And as from a business standpoint, I knew Japanese and and I I asked this company because I was going to move back. You know, would you allow me? And this is in Japanese. It came out more like most honorable sir, would you please humbly allow me to be to bestow upon me the most gracious usage of your IP of this game that we have humbly created together so that I may honorably, yeah, it, 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 you know, there, you know, <laughs> wow. yeah, yeah, yeah. So that I may be able to continue to build on it because there are some things that I wanted to do that they didn't necessarily think were was the right thing to do. But I was like, no, no, this really, we really have an opportunity here to make an augmented reality game because our assets are already in 3D. Most blockchain games you know right now are primarily 2D. You might know Axe Infinity, you might know CryptoKitties. A lot of them are still 2D and 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 PC-based experiences, but we have 3D assets. And I was thinking that you know augmented reality might be something that we should try. And actually now augmented reality is all that's being talked about, right? Uh, right. With Snapchat, with the snap lenses, the spectacles, and Facebook's making their announcements and everything. So I had this inkling that this would be something that would you know come to become a future trend. And I managed to be able to come back to the, to the United States with, uh, you know, this relationship in tow and have been developing an augmented reality uh, version extension of the game that I helped make when I was over in Japan. It's pretty remarkable. And the fact that you're able to get on the ground level of like augmented reality, be able to also then tie in blockchain, you know, you're kind of at the forefront of this new age of gaming and, and how it's all being built. How do you see this, you know, as, as you built this out and as it's starting to be used, you know, what were some of the complexities that you kind of had to overcome to for uh, your everyday gamer or user to be able to pick this up and immediately start using? We all know there's a race to acquire more Bitcoin. Why not earn more with what you already have? With Tantra Labs app, you can put your Bitcoin to work with up to 12% interest backed in Bitcoin per year, currently the highest interest rate in the industry. So, how does it all work? First, go to tantralabs.io and follow the steps to sign up. Second, after approval, deposit as much or as little as you like. Third, sit back and watch your Bitcoin work for you, 
at 12% interest back per year. Lock in your 12% now by signing up at tantralabs.io or you can click on the link in our show notes and on our website. That's a great question. There's, there's quite a few things. Because first, we have to talk about general onboarding, right? A lot of people still uh, might don't understand blockchain or cryptocurrency, let alone cryptocurrency. They don't even understand the underlying technology of blockchain. So right. people think that mostly it's like, okay, I'm investing in something. But what am I investing in? What is this? What is this being used for? So that that is something that we have to make our game seamless. So it's like you don't actually know almost that you are playing something that is blockchain related. You're actually just enjoying this experience until it comes to the point where you have actually earned something that can potentially make you money. And then you bring in the blockchain element. So onboarding individuals onto a game experience that is simultaneously just a regular fun video game, but also a blockchain based game has been one of the hardest things to do from a UX standpoint, from a coding standpoint just to make people feel comfortable or for them to not even know, but just to have that seamless experience. Uh, wallet management's really hard because we're doing mobile games and there's not a lot of blockchain mobile games. So when you do find something that you have earned that can be represented as an ERC-20 or our ERC-721 uh, token, you know, how is that being secured? Phone security isn't the best. So, you know, do we have this backend server that's going to get you over into a wallet you have later? So those technological hurdles are still there and they still haven't really been overcome. And then also, you know, being able to import NFTs. So again, right. our game is able to bring in any NFT. Specifically, we have treated ours, but we're able to bring in any NFT that you might have. I'm not sure exactly, Richard, what NFTs you have. Like, do you have a certain art or like, you know, game character? Yeah, I mean, there's certain things I've gotten off of like Super Rare and I've actually got a Crypto Kitty and some some other like random stuff like that. Right. So we we are actually able to look into your wallet if you, you know, give us a signed permission and grab that Crypto Kitty and then bring it into the game. Now, Crypto wow. Kitties are 2D, so we can't really do anything with I mean, we can just have it like out there, but it's not really that much fun. But also building that out was a technological hurdle that I still feel like hasn't really been done. And that's why uh, we're really on the forefront here of being able to bring in 3D NFTs, not just 2D, but 3D NFTs into an augmented reality environment while simultaneously having that be a game that is fun for you. So you were like, oh, okay, like I'm playing a game. I don't even know this is blockchain stuff. Which is pretty remarkable and incredible. And I guess the next question that kind of have for you is like, what, what are you building it on top of? Yeah, some of those things are trade secrets. No, they're not. Well, some there is a lot of secret sauce, but you know, when you make video games, you use a video game engine. So we use Unity, maybe you've heard of that. Other mm -hmm. people use Unreal. And so yeah. when we make our video games, we just utilize that. And when it comes to augmented reality, there's a lot of tools out there. One of them is called AR Foundation, which is really great. It combines AR Kit and AR Core, so you're able to then have it for Android and iPhone. But the really cool thing that I can say as of late is that we've actually been able to be a early beta user of the Niantic, which is Pokemon Go, of their wow. augmented reality SDK. And so it's called Lightship. And we were participating in a game jam. So we had game jams are usually 24 hours to make a video game. This one was a week. And we had a week to just completely from scratch, learn how this augmented reality SDK worked, and then apply it to our game. And we were hungry, and we were able to do this. And we have some really cool features that that work now. So not only can you take, you know, this adorable, cute little pig 
from your wallet and bring it to augmented reality. But then if you have one and I have one and we're with each other, then we can actually race an augmented reality. So we can actually plot out a track and then it'll go around and you know, you'll be able to see based upon how much you took care of yours, maybe yours will beat mine. Maybe I'm feeding and I'm, I'm petting mine more. So it has a higher level and it beats yours, but we can actually do that now. And it's just ridiculous to be able to say that we can do that. And simultaneously, they are all NFTs. What? And this is all something that's only happened in, like, in the last like week. Man, that's really cool. And the fact <laughs> that you're able to put all these different layers of gaming on top of each other is yeah. awesome. But before I kind of dive into more of those questions, first, we got to spend more time on Tantachi. Can you can explain what is it, how the game works and everything else like that? Sure. So yes, good, good to take a step back. Uh, so Tontachi <clears throat> is Japanese and I, I gave it this title. Ton actually means pig in Japanese. Tachi is a pluralizer, which either can uh, mean either friends or just like, again, pluralizer. So the game actually translates to pigs or pig friends. The reason why I chose that is because the game that I helped in, develop over in Japan was called Cryptoink. Crypt, Oink. So Crypto <laughs> Pigs. And again, for them... This, I guess, they, the company really loved wordplay. So in Japanese, that's krypton. Again, ton is pig. So it's all crypto pigs. So this spiritual sequel is taking that and then having it as pigs and pig friends. Also, you might know of Tamagotchi, and that it breaks down to tamago, which is an egg, and that gachi, that tachi, which again is the pluralizer or friend. So it's an egg friend. So you have egg friends was back then. Now we have pig friends. So that's kind of how the game works or the title works. Krypton itself was a breeding-based game. So you have all these adorable over, there's so many combinations. I keep on saying like 6 billion, but there's really a lot more than that where you can wow. breed them together. So you have a red one, a blue one, and it creates a purple one. But there's other combinations where, again, I love this one because they have afros. So like we have ones that have like afros and nose rings with like a jetpack on its back. And another one that has like floor deleases and another one that has like hearts. And all like on its like body as 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 its body print, its body pattern, and uh, they're different sizes, different colors, and there's so many combinations, and they all have certain attributes within them. And again, we don't like we've developed that, so it's digital DNA. You breed them together, you find the one that works for you, and it's really cute. Anyone go on OpenSea and just search crypt hyphen oink crypt oink, and you'll be able to see the full collection. Also, we have the full not full collection, but the collection of those that have been bred by users that are selling them. And if you go on to the website, Tontachi, T-O-N-T-A-C-H-I.io, you can see it on our website as well. And you'll see all these crazy combinations. So the game is pretty much just a pet simulator where you're taking care of these creatures, you're feeding them, you're breeding them, and you're able to race them. And what we're doing is we're doing exactly the, the exact same thing within this mobile application where you're able to feed them pet them, exercise with them. So you're also losing some weight or, you know, exercising and then also racing them in the real world, which is, which is crazy. So that's, that's the uh, long and short of both the original Cryptoink game that I did in Japan and the current state of Tontachi right now. Man. So there's so many cool elements that you just kind of blend it there that, <laughs> you know, you have the elements of like a crypto kitty where the sense of like, you can go and have a ton of different types of these pigs that you'd be able to get, then you'd have like the, reminds me kind of like the Neopets kind of deal where basically you can like do interact with them and like the more time you spend with them, the more active they are. And the fact that you can then go and race them, like you said, and, and because it's augmented reality, you could like 
do stuff with them. Really cool. So it sounds like you're you're blending a lot of different elements that gives it kind of like a wholesome vibe. And again, it's all being built on blockchain, which I think is the coolest part of all of this. A lot of the early games that came out in the blockchain space, again, because we actually have, I actually was in charge of not only development, but international partnerships and relations at this Japanese company, because no one there spoke English except for me and one other person. But it was really cool because, again, the blockchain space was really new then. This was like 2017 and let alone blockchain games. So we actually have collaborations with both of those, both with these games. So CryptoKitties, I know the founder there, Benny, and uh, a lot of other individuals, Kathy, I think. Yeah. And we did a we did a collaboration. So we actually have one of our pigs with the CryptoKitty on its back. And uh, yeah. And so awesome. and so we, we did that with with a collaboration with them. So the only way that it would work is that, that if you had a crypto kitty, then you'd be able to purchase a specific Krypton that has a gene in it that might be breed it right. And you'll be able to get the specific one. Then we did it with Axie as well. So one of the original Axies Puff, you can see that on the back of one of our of of, of our Krypton because we all had these games back then. And, and, and the term is interoperability, which, you know, allows, you know, it's, it's pretty much was the original term before we started using metaverse. And now that's a hot term, but interoperability is where, you know, you're able to bring in other games because all you have to do is just, you know, read an individual's wallet and then find the information within there and then do something with it. So we all have kind of very similar game makeups where we have breeding going on, but then we're all taking it in different ways right now. Axe Infinity has their land and I mean, they're doing great. It's amazing how well they're doing. And CryptoKitties has spun off really to uh, NBA Top Shot at Stafford Labs. And uh, again, working at this Japanese company, like we had like a great advantage here but they saw things a little bit differently and that's why i was like okay allow me to then go off and do this one thing which i think will be good and that's why we're i'm going the augmented reality track within a mobile game yeah and i i mean i think it's going to be a, a good play personally just because I, so. I think augmented reality <laughs> is is such the future as well as even virtual reality and and even how the two can can blend and combined so you know, I'm excited to see um, how this game continues to develop. I'm going to go spend some time with it myself. But there's a couple of things I want to go back and kind of revisit that I think are really interesting. It's not every day you get to meet someone um, who is fluent in Japanese and English, spent time there for four years and was one of two employees that could actually speak English. You said that there's a lot of cultural differences. Can you just kind of speak to kind of some of those while you were, you know, there and, and lived it? Yeah. So this is, this is, again, it goes back to this being my favorite. This is like my favorite thing to say. I, I almost feel it's played out, but it was really, it was real for me that again, Kojin Shugi, this is Japanese word means individualism. And it means that, you know, it's an individual who, you know, is, 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 is solo dolo. Okay. Then you have Shudan Shugi, which is collectivism, where it's all about the group over the individual. And that's why I brought the video game example earlier is that games like Call of Duty are more of, okay, yes, I do have a team, but it's a first person shooter. And my objective is to be able to clear out everyone. So I'm the last man standing and then I get to my objective. That is popular here. But over in Japan, you have Shudan Shugi games like Final Fantasy, Dragon Quest. Yeah. And Dragon, yeah. Yeah. Monster Hunter, where it's us together against the common enemy. You know, what is we're trying to solve almost an existential issue here in this fantasy world. And I saw that reflected in video games, but also the culture does that. So, you know, wages are relatively flat in Japan. Raises, getting a raise 
is not something that is really gun for. Everyone kind of has a very similar wage unless you are kind of like in the next echelon and you're an older person who's been at the company for forever. And I found that clashing a lot with me, not really wages, but as an individual was like, okay, you know, I'm gunning for that producer position or I want that, you know, I want that specific, uh, that raise. And, you know, I want to be recognized when that wasn't something that was really, you know, a sentiment there, you know, like yeah. it's, it's not, it's not like it is here when we're like, check me out, check out what I can do. It's like, no, like, look at what we can do together, which is a beautiful thing. But also when it comes to other aspects of the fact of like, well, if you give a new idea, you know, an individual is going to have a new idea that actually gets shot down because it has to be something that everyone else feels is the right move. And so a lot of my job was to go, you know, talk to individuals and, and, and find out what to you know, keep my uh, ear close to the ground and get a beat on what was going on in the blockchain sector and sphere. And I would come back and tell them like, Hey, this is what we should be doing. And they're like, Oh, John, like, we don't think so. And I'm like, but you, but, but this, this like, listen to me, you know, like I'm right. not a foreigner here. I'm, I'm on your side, but this is an individual voice. And it was very hard for them to, to adapt that. And then it was also hard for me to also be like, all right, let me calm down and let me, you know, kind of get the whole group together and not be so gung-ho, you know? So those things are reflected in the work scene. They're reflected in life itself. You know, it's a very orderly culture. They have a saying that the, the nail that sticks out gets hammered. But that, homoge- that homogeneity makes for a very solid infrastructure. I mean, you know, everything runs on, 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 on the dot there. You know, trains are never late. Uh, the streets are always clean. And that's because of this communal sense. So it was very beautiful to be able to see that, but also have the juxtaposition of where do I fit in on this in terms of my career and just uh, my own personal makeup. So that's kind of a, it was a culture shock and a, and a really quick breakdown of how Japanese culture can be. I have so many stories I can talk more about. I was a radio DJ for a year, which was random, but you know, that was a cool experience, but that's kind of uh, that's kind of one aspect of, of Japanese culture that was really interesting to experience. No, that's really cool. And, you know, I definitely appreciate that sentiment. One of my goals in life actually is to go visit Japan and just go out there. I've always been fascinated. I mean, just by things like you just said and to, to be able to live it for, for years and see that. I appreciate that that insight. And I'm sure a lot of people who, who heard it will appreciate it as well. Something kind of going back to the direction of gaming really quickly. Where do you see the future of gaming as a whole and then of course gaming like on the blockchain like where do you see us going in let's call it the next two to five years also a good question because i'm inherently a game designer and i feel like uh that the the game communities would almost label me as a black sheep now because i've i've i'm 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 adopting blockchain a lot of the game community still does not like blockchain and does not like nfts there's still the whole issue of the fact that when you're minting an NFT or when you're mining a uh, token, that it takes a lot of energy. And there's a lot of misconceptions about, about that because you know there are some blockchains that are worse than others. There are ways to mint NFTs which are completely ecological. But that understanding isn't is 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 missed in the gaming community. And they don't it's there, it's hard for them to see the economic benefit. For, for a game developer, the monetary benefit for a game developer to adapt blockchain. So there's a lot of friction going on right now within this more independent game scene and bigger companies. And so I do think you're going to see the adoption happen relatively quickly. Maybe, yeah, let's I'll say give it two years. 
when the technology makes it easier to onboard users, that things are more seamless. But, you know, it's 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 kind of hard to be able to tell exactly who's going to turn that corner. I know Ubisoft has 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 helped out Axie in the past. I think they're they're interested in it. A lot of game companies are coming around because they're like, oh, let's mint NFTs, even though simultaneously people are like, oh, we don't like NFTs. But the user base is going to take some time, I think. Everyone wants money. <laughs> and that's turned a lot of heads for people who are interested in this play to earn model. So it's this play to earn model, the ability for you to be able to make games while, I'm sorry, to make money while playing games, that is intriguing to people. And I do think that that, at least in the West, because it doesn't really matter over in the East, will help drive adoption. But not everyone, you know, really cares about that. Some people love it, love it for the, for the, for the love of the game, and they're going to be harder to change. So you're going to have a lot of casual people who are going to be attracted to it. But the more core audiences actually be the ones who I think are going to be more reluctant because they are more diehard, like, no, this is bad. And this, this is what I've seen thus far. Yeah, no, that's tremendous insight. Mass adoption to happen, I think, in the blockchain world, just like you said, the onboarding has to be a lot more seamless. There are some UI, UX hurdles to overcome. I think we've come a long way, even from 2017, for sure, like four years, big, but we still have some more to do. But all the same, whenever we turn that corner, kind of like you said, like, I don't see it disappearing. Like the, the fact that there's so much interoperability through blockchain and like, I just think back to when I was a kid and like there were certain games I played that I spent so much of my life and time on that if I could have taken those moments and either done one of two things and take it to another game or been able to sell it. Exactly. Oh my gosh. And the fact that this generation is getting that opportunity, I think it's just setting them up for all kinds of success. The younger, the next generation, you know, more of a Gen Z are the ones who are going to benefit from it. I really feel like individuals like, are you millennial? Millennial. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Are, are ones who... For, for enthusiasts and, and early adopters are going to benefit from it. But I, I still think that, you know, we're going to have a lot of millennials are going to miss out on that beautiful aspect because of uh, resistance to something that's new, which is funny because we're, we're, we're technological people. It's going to be those who grow up in it that, you know, they're going to have more of this, you know, ready player one type lifestyle that are really going to love it. You know, so we're, right. we're really building the, the, the materials and technology and the roadblocks are going to be enjoyed later on. And it's going to be crazy that, you know, everyone talks about this metaverse coming and with the rise of AR and VR, I do think that, you know, and blockchain, you know, we are moving in that capacity, even though there's so many people who are just against that. The, the tools are there to begin to make something so crazy and it's going to speed up, you know, it's going to speed up. And I, I really do think that AR, VR and blockchain are all going to be really tied together and making that happen. Yeah. I, I 100% could see that as well. And I appreciate you being able to share all this information with us. But, you know, as we kind of wrap up, I have two fun questions I always like to go back to. The first one being with all the knowledge that you have right now, if you go back to yourself back in 17, when you were first getting into the, let's call it crypto blockchain space, and you're starting on this endeavor, what are some key lessons that you would tell yourself? I'd invest heavier. You know, everyone says that, right? Like you'd invest right. more money in a specific in a specific token. And let's see, from a development standpoint, from a development standpoint, what would I have done differently? 
I mean, saying that I'd be more bullish means the same thing. I, I feel like, I don't know. I, I, I feel like I did pretty well given the fact that it was, there's, there was so much, you know, unknowing in this space. I guess I just wish I would have, you know, believed in it even more than I did then. Because yeah. to me back then it was more like, this is a job. I'm not necessarily an enthusiast of blockchain, but it's my job to go around and understand it. So I took to it. Yeah. So it kind of just sounds like you would have just been like, dive in, like lean yeah. into it more, yeah. really yeah. embrace it. <laughs> yeah. And I, and I think I did it enough, but I guess, you know, I guess it would have been even better if I did even more. I wish I had started developing the game that I was thinking about quicker. You know, I, I was kind of more like asking the company to do it rather than take it upon myself. And I didn't do it until about a year after that I had the idea. And I just wish I would have gotten started on developing this even quicker. So yeah, just being more bullish on it in general, uh, I think is is my only lesson that I would tell myself if it was 2017 again. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, the, the takeaway I'm gonna take from, from that is basically if you have an idea and it makes sense and you say like, like you think like this could be something great, lean into it. Don't, don't drag your feet. Like if you really feel it, go for it. And you know, it, it, it'll, you'll find a way to make it work out. And then one final question that I have for you is just, you know, as we wrap all this up, what is a final thought that you want to leave with all the listeners here today? Oh, I mean, I've always, I've always said play video games because they're awesome. You can find out a lot about yourself from playing video games. I mean, you know, virtual worlds, virtue-based ethics, you know, learning, just you're brave in a video game. Therefore, you can maybe be more brave in real life. You know, it reflects a lot. But now it's gotten more real where, you know, this play to earn model is definitely here to stay. So this is advice for individuals to find, try to search around there to find a blockchain game. Tontachi, well, mine's great, you know, check mine out, but find right. ones you like, because if you get in on it now, just like we're talking about, if you get on it now, you're going to find it's going to be lucrative for you in the future. So yeah, just, you know, play video games, but not play video games because they can make you money. That, that, that would be my, that would be my advice to people. <laughs> for sure. Well, I think yeah. great final thought. I personally am a gamer myself. Love them. I think it's a great getaway. And, you know, for those who want to turn it into a lucrative career, you can in more ways than one, whether you're playing the game or creating them. So John, really appreciate your time today. What are ways that people can connect with you? And I believe you also have some potential speaking engagements coming up soon. Yeah, the speaking engage speaking engagements real quick. I mean, we're going to be in uh, New York at Playcrafting NYC. People might not know that, but it's a game conference August 7th to the 9th. We'll be doing some interesting things with Niantic, kind of showcasing this multiplayer race that we got going on. And then we do have some, we actually will finally have our first NFT drop, as people are saying now, but it's actually going to be an airdrop. The cool thing about Tontachi is that the pigs are all a specific generation. So we're going to kind of lock it so that if you want to bring in one of your creatures, one of your pigs into the game, you have to have the specific NFT. So for a more simplistic purpose, like we could have red keys. And so if you have a red key, then you can bring in a Krypton that's red into the game, blue for blue, green for green, et cetera, et cetera. That NFT drop will be happening in September once we finish all these cool features we're doing with Niantic. And then in November is the NFT NYC conference, which I'll be talking about the history or rather the history, I guess, evolution of blockchain games in Japan and kind of how I was wrapped up in it, still I'm wrapped up in it and how it's turned into kind of what I have to offer now. So a lot of cool things coming up in, you know, basically Q3 and early Q4 for us. 
And if you want to follow along, I'm sure the information might be written down somewhere on the website, but it's at Twitter is at Tontachi, T-O-N-T-A-C-H-I-A-R. And the website is Tontachi.io. So T-O-N-T-A-C-H-I.io. And if you want to follow along with us there, we'll be happy to, and we'll continue to have some really cool stuff. You know, we're, we're kind of not unsung heroes. We're really quiet right now. Our development team is small, but I have a lot of confidence in this game. So please check us out now and get in early and follow along. Excellent. Well, John, thank you so much for sharing all that. And of course, for everyone listening, stay CryptoCurrent. Hey, CryptoCurrent crew. We want to give a quick shout out to all of our faithful listeners out there. It's been an amazing journey and we really appreciate your support throughout the years as we've been growing as a community. Each episode, we decided that we would start sharing some of the reviews that you were leaving for us. For today, we would like to share this review. Today's review comes from Megan with Podcasting You. Richard does such a good job covering a variety of topics. Their guests offer valuable insight as well. I would recommend this podcast to anyone looking to be inspired and informed. We sincerely appreciate this review and all reviews and would like to ask that if you're enjoying our show, please take a quick moment to go and leave a review on our podcast so that hopefully we can be highlighting your review next. Simply go to our show notes or go to our website where we have a link where you can share your review today. Hey everyone, I hope you enjoyed today's episode. For more information on today's episode and all of our episodes, please visit us at www.crypto-current.co. You can also find a link in the show notes. Want to stay up to date in the latest news in cryptocurrency? Sign up for our newsletter today. You'll receive daily emails Monday through Friday that are personalized and curated content specific to you and your interest, powered by artificial intelligence. You can either go to our show notes or go to our website to sign up today. Are you an accredited investor looking to invest in cryptocurrency? Crescent City Capital can help. Go to crescentcitycapital.com for more information. I don't know if you've noticed, but the quality of our podcast each week are improving. I can only thank my amazing producer, Andrew DeRitter with DeRitter Productions, who has been putting all of this together. If you have any podcast, music, or audio needs, please go to DeRitterProductions.com. That's D-E-R-I-T-T-E-R Productions.com. Thanks for tuning in to another episode of Cryptocurrent with Richard Cargon. We'll be back with more exciting developments from the world of blockchain and cryptocurrency next week. But until then, stay Cryptocurrent. Thank you for joining us for another episode of Cryptocurrent. Just one quick reminder. Cryptocurrent is a cryptocurrency and blockchain education platform that's bridging the gap between the curious newcomers who are just discovering the space and the thought leaders who are shaping its future. All opinions expressed by Richard Carthon, the Cryptocurrent team, and their guests on this show are exclusively their own opinions. You should not treat any opinion expressed by Richard, the team, and their guests as a specific inducement to make a particular investment or to follow his financial advice. This show and any other cryptocurrent production is exclusively for informational purposes.